Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome to Live Boldly with Sarah Shelton Kranz, a survivor, thriver, adventurer, and believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from handpicked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Live Boldly with Sarah Shelton Kranz. Two weeks ago, I introduced Greg Garfield. His podcast was was released to all of you. He was known as Patient Zero, the gentleman who almost passed away from COVID-19, and it was an incredible story of just inspiration and of believing and truly knowing that um, we can survive anything in this world. So today I have on his fiance, AJ Johnson. She is a brilliant, beautiful woman, the partner of Greg Garfield and the woman who really stood by his side throughout all of his recovery. I decided to bring her on because I think it's just as important to hear a partner's story as it is the actual person going through the experience. I would love for you to grab your journal, listen to her words. It is so inspiring and just really curl up, ground yourself if you can outside and listen to and hear the words of um, this story that impacted me so greatly as I also was on the other side and got to have the conversation. Before I move into that, I just want to remind you that we have a Grand Canyon retreat coming up in October of 2021. Um, All of our retreats have been filling, so if this is something that you would be interested in, it includes three months of deep group coaching along with a one-on-one session with me and an adventure into the Grand Canyon where we really do a lot of deep dive into self. We hike, we adventure, we meditate, we um, do this breathing technique that really allows us to uh, connect with who we are in this world. And um, if you are interested, please uh, send me an email, sarah at sarahsheltoncrans.com, and let's see if it's the right fit for you. So again, go grab your drink, grab your journal, listen to this incredible conversation, and as always, share it with your friends, share it on social media, tag me in your stories, and I will retag um, and reshare on my own social media. We are all ripples for one another in this world, and it takes all of us to create change, as we all know. So much love from me to you as you enjoy this episode. Yay! Okay, so I just got done literally uh, two seconds ago finishing the um, interview with Greg Garfield's fascinating freaking conversation. We dove into even relationships uh, the relationship, excuse me, the relationship between you, uh, AJ, who I have in front of me, his um, fiance and himself. And so this episode is now AJ's story. And 
the reason this is so important to me is because I believe in any situation there are, we all have different stories, right? Like we all go into or come out of an experience with our own personal story. And so when I talked to Greg about, um, about doing this interview with him, I immediately was like, okay, wait, can I do AJ? Can I interview AJ as well? I want AJ's story in here too. And so I have sitting here, AJ Johnson, Greg's fiance, you were girlfriend, boyfriend when he went through COVID. And then in August, the 11th, was it, or the 12th? August the 11th, 11th our anniversary, our second anniversary. Second year anniversary. Uh Um, He proposed and you are now his fiance. Yes. We are going to dive in with this conversation uh, into your experience, what it was like for you um, as a partner, Right. Going into just knowing you making that phone call and finding out, okay, there's COVID happening in in Northern Italy and he's there all the way through. Take us through what it was like for you um, on the other side, getting the, getting uh, bear out from the house to suiting yourself up and what it was like jumping over that 10 foot you know, barrier. And <laughs> My then, Wonder Woman moment. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, stripping down in the street, like there's so much here though, but you, you were the rock, right? Mm-hmm. Like you were the support, you were the love, you were the passion, you were the, the, the space behind him that supported him through so much through this in so many ways. So tell us a little bit about you. Who is AJ? Okay. Well, first, when you say that I was his rock and his support and, you know, I, I, I know that's what I was. That was not what I meant to do. It wasn't, you know, I, I didn't feel like I had this, you know, this role or this hero thing to fill. It was, I really believe when you love and care about somebody, that's just what you do. You Thank take you. take care of your people. You yes. don't do it for the recognition. You do it because your heart and your soul is, um, that's, that's just what you do. So um, I'm glad that that's how it turned out. I'm glad that that's how he felt and our friends felt. And it makes me feel like, okay, I did my job, but it wasn't a job. It was just what you do. So, um, and as far as AJ, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a single mom of two beautiful girls, Mackenzie, who's going to be 19 and Eden, who's going to be 16 in the next couple of months. Um, they are my pride and joy. Uh, and I also am a wealth manager. I've worked for the last 27 years of my life. I love what I do. I work with clients in, in uh, securing their financial future. Um, I've, I've worked for the same firm for 20 years, and I love my team just like they're my family. So really, I'm, I've been so lucky in my life because I've been surrounded by a great family that I was raised in. Uh, I've, I've had lifelong friends who I literally, my friends since they were, I was in sixth grade, were in my wedding and are my best friends to this day, uh, all the way through high school and college and marriage and having kids. So I, I've only known longevity. Um, and obviously that's kind of the same thing with my work and, and my kids only know that too. So I've just been in a world of kind of dedication and loyalty so when Greg and I met, um, actually, it was kind of funny because uh, the, 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 the love was not an immediate thing for me with, with when I met Greg. Um, I was dating people. I was having fun. I wasn't looking for a relationship mm-hmm. at all. Um, and we were introduced by a mutual friend. 
And uh, we went on a couple of dates and I kind of thought, yeah, you know, I, I, I really like this guy. I think he's a cool guy, but there were things that I just didn't think were for me about him. Yeah. One thing that I did know that was for me about him was when he started telling me about his friends ah. and, his, and, and how, honestly, how everybody, he had, he had best friends here and he had a, t- and I kind of thought, how can you have so many best friends? But I am not kidding you. This man has every person that he has brought into his life becomes a very dear friend. He just has a thing about him where he really knows how to build incredible relationships. And that is what spoke to me. So it's kind of interesting because that is really what brought us through to the other side of this, um, you know, of this story that we were unexpectedly uh, faced with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always look at um, the friends, the, the family members, the people within, you know, when, when there is somebody that new that comes into my life, like how is everybody else around you as well? Right. And yes. he, he protrudes nothing but love, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. so beautiful. I mean, what Aww. a human being. So Thank start you. going from, uh, so you make a phone call to him. He's in Northern yep. Italy. And how was that for you when you heard about, so by the way, I was in Costa Rica having the same conversation. I didn't even tell him that. I was oh, in Costa, really? I was in Costa Rica um, I never, this is one of the first times that I had actually, it was the only time I'd gone away by myself, left the kids, went to a, a yoga retreat in Costa Rica and was sitting at the dinner table with somebody. And we were talking about what is this coronavirus thing? Like what you were saying to him is yeah. what I also was saying to the different people at the table. Did you guys hear about this thing that's uh-huh. apparently all over the place? Well, when we're in Costa Rica, so, you know, it's, uh, in even being out of the country for myself and finding out about this or hearing about this and wondering, are we okay over here? What's going on? So what was that like for you? Well, I am the furthest from an alarmist and um, I'm not someone to get freaked out over certain things. It takes a lot. I I don't have a whole lot of fear in my life. Um, I think a lot of it is my mindset. I think a lot of it's because I'm Swedish and I have sort of that Viking soul in me that, um, you know, I just, it doesn't, I don't, I don't go to the bad place right right away, but um, I heard about it. Greg had a couple of guys trips, ski trips that he was going on and, and, you know, see you later. Bye. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. And uh, one of our girlfriends who, one of my girlfriends whose husband happened to have been on the trip with him, she tends to be a bit more of a worry wart and she gets, she gets really kind of worked up about things. She, and she called me and said, listen, you know, I don't know if you saw the news lately, but it sounds like this coronavirus is in Northern Italy. And I was like, wow, okay. And of course I knew that Greg was in Northern Italy. I didn't really know specifically, you know, the towns that he was in, stuff like that. And she says, I'm freaking out a little bit because Brett and Greg are there. And I just don't want us to, you know, ignore the fact that this thing is out there, which right. you know, none of us really knew about. And especially when it was in China, it was just another news story. Great. It's over there. Sorry. Sorry, people, but it's not here. Right, right. Out of, right. You know, um, out of sight, out of mind. So anyway, I called him and I just called him as a conversation. And I said, listen, sweetie, I said, sounds like this thing has kind of come into that area. Um, I don't really know what that means, but I think that you guys just need to be aware that it's there. And honestly, Sarah, I was doing it more on behalf of my friend, mm. not so much about me or Greg. It was really like, well, I should probably give him a call and let him know. 
Right. Again, not thinking it would be something that would happen. And um, when I told him, he says, yeah, you know, we've heard about it, but we're outside, we're skiing, haven't heard of anything around here, should be fine. And I said, all right, well, all I'd say is, listen, if you start to feel any symptoms, pay attention. Right. And that was kind of the last conversation about it. Um, and, and actually, uh, he did start feeling symptoms, obviously, and he didn't really communicate it. And a few of them started feeling symptoms. So when we talk at the end of the day, I said, how was skiing? Oh, I didn't go. I didn't go today. I wasn't feeling great. And I was like, hmm, okay. And, uh, and he said, a couple of us also weren't feeling great. But a lot of times, too, you think, well, you were on a plane. Who knows what you caught? I mean, again, you're going into all the other options before it's that one. Right. Right. And, yeah. yeah. And so then you find out, okay, he's not doing well. And somebody else was put into the hospital. The guy that was in the hospital, I never asked him this in the interview. Did he, yeah. did he come home? Was he okay? Sounds like he came back to the U.S. in the last like month or so. Wow. So he yeah. was that long. We don't have a whole lot of information on it. So I, I hate to even speak about it because I don't know what the actual truth is. Right. He was, uh, he was in uh, Munich for, gosh, over eight to 10 months. Yeah. In rehab and was on the ventilator. Again, don't know the details, but it sounds like he's come back now. Wow. I don't know what condition he's in, but he's right. alive. He's alive. Yeah. So, so Greg gets on this flight. He's not feeling well. He comes home. He immediately quarantines. Yeah. They find out that, okay, he's got COVID. Mm-hmm. What was this like for you, him coming home, quarantining, you all of a sudden finding out, okay, wow, this is, Tell me what happened within you, feelings, your emotional state, your mental state, your, you know, anxiety. Did you feel, did you feel anything that, did you, did you worry at all? Was it like, okay, wow, this could get, this could get bad. Did you have any intuitive hits as a partner? Right. Um, no, at the time I didn't. And I honestly believe it's just, again, my personality. personality. I thought, I thought, okay, he's sick. Um, I can't see him. We don't know what this thing is. We really didn't know that people were ending up in the hospital left, right, and center. Although I will say when he got home, we were hearing a lot more about it in Italy. So it was definitely like, hey, things have, you know, things are surging and and people are ending up in hospitals. And so I did know that. But again, he had other friends that were sick with it and they were okay. They were feeling really crappy, but they were okay. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of went into, okay, well, I wish I could see you because you've been gone for 12 days. I can't. So I'm going to go into, you know, mother of two girls. I'm going to make some matzo ball soup. I'm going to bring over some immunity shots. I'm going to bring over all the protein in the world, all the berries and antioxidants and the zincs and all those things. And I did, I dumped it at his, at his doorstep. Um, and, and again, it was, it was before he went to the hospital. So I knew he was feeling horrible and I'm, I wish I could, you know, the feeling I had, Sarah, was I wish I could have done something more. I wish I could have been there to help him. Um, That was probably the mindset that I was in at the time. And then around the third and fourth, when he really started answering in one word texts, uh, going dark for a little while, not really talking so much, he would answer the phone every once in a while. And uh, he didn't sound great. At one point, I started worrying. Yeah. And um, I, I let him have it one of the days. I think it was around March 4th because I said, I am your person you're communicating with and you're not communicating with me and I'm worried and you're not eating and you're not, you know, you're just, 
and he wasn't even, he wasn't thinking clearly. He wasn't thinking logically. Right. Um, so that's when I started to get the feeling of anxiousness and real worry. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, that's where I was on those days before he ended up in the hospital. Yeah. So then he ends up in the hospital mm-hmm. and you have to go and take care of the dog. You go and grab the dog. Yeah. How was that for you? Even just going through this, okay, now I'm having to learn how to put on a PPE thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is a whole different space now that you're in. Yeah. Um, it was so sudden. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think I really had time to sit there and process it and think what the heck is this? And, um, I, when he went to the hospital and I woke, well, when I woke up and there was a picture of him that he sent me with his feet in the ambulance at six o'clock saying I'm on my way to the hospital. That's when I was like, Oh shit, you know, w- w- what's going on. Um, then last thing I thought was what we were headed for, but I was, I was worried, but at the same time I thought, okay, at least he's going to be in the hands of people that can help him. Cause right. I can't do anything for him. At least he's going to be in the hands of people that know um, he'll be given an IV. He'll be given food. He'll be, you know, last thing I even thought would be oxygen. But um, so that was, that was um, a weird feeling uh, when we, when we tried to get bear out and, and call these other places again, I was kind of on a mission. I was like, everything was happening so quickly that I was like, okay, we need to get Bear out. So I wasn't even thinking about him because I'm thinking, okay, he's in good hands. I'm going to worry right. about Bear now for the next right. four hours. You are a mom, by the way. <laughs> I am. I mean, <laughs> I can tell just in just sitting with you. I'm like, she's, yeah. you and I operate very much the same way. Oh yeah. Compartmentalize, take care of this, do that. Now come back to this. Okay, now this. Completely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I've raised my girls. I'm, I'm, I'm a hands-on mom, but I'm also a mom that lets them completely fall and yes. brush themselves off and get back up and go again. And I see it in their personalities today and I'm thankful for it. I have three sons. I operate the exact same way. So yeah. I get it. I totally yeah. get it. Stripping so, down in the middle of the street from what you have on, I totally get, can see myself doing that. <laughs> totally. Exactly. So There's care. no shame in my game. No shame. <laughs> totally the way so, I was on a mission and I and I found out that they weren't going to get bare. No one would, you know, fired. I'm sure Greg already talked about it, but we called everybody and, yeah. and all these organizations wouldn't do it understandably because no understandably. one understood if it was a contaminated uh, home, if she was contaminated, if she was covered in, in coronavirus, we, none of us knew at the time if it was, um, you know, how bad it was and how easily it was to con- contract. So, um, yeah, I went into the hospital and I, that's actually when I was able to see Greg because nobody else, they hadn't closed down the hospitals and he was the only one in the ICU at the time, the only one in the ICU wow. and he was in an inflow room and he was awake in bed. I couldn't go in cause he was contagious but I also, I saw him and I waved and I was, I was emotional. We both were emotional at the time, but the last thing I thought was that I wouldn't be able to come see him tomorrow was that he was going to be on a ventilator tomorrow. I was just like, hi, sweetie, I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to go take care of what I have to for bear. I didn't think it would be the last time I could possibly ever see him. Right. And that was really kind of, when I sit here and think about it now, it's like, I kind of go like, wow, I, I, I had no idea what I was about to get hit, what, that we were, what we were about to get hit with. So, um, yeah, so I, I went in again on a mission and I just got that PPE training. His, his nurse, James, who was a, a godsend to all of us, was the one that gave me the PPE training. And it sounds so silly, right? But like 
there's a process when something's really contagious. Yeah. You know, it's not just put on a mask and put on your gloves and I'll take it off when you want to. There is a process to putting every layer on the gloves, the robe, the, you know, the, the, the mask, the shield, the hair thing. I mean, so I had to run it over with them and all this stuff. I'm thinking, God, this is so bizarre. What is this? I felt like I was in the twilight zone and I just wanted to get out of there and go because it was cold. It was dark. Bear was in there for a long time. At that time, I literally just waved to Greg when I left and I'm like, I'm out of here. And that was it. And I went and I, and I got bare. Um, and there was a process to everything as far as touching a light switch and the leash I brought in wasn't the leash I could bring out because it could have been contagious. So they gave me another leash that and all these steps. So Greg had texted me and said, don't lock yourself out on that door. I said, don't worry. Well, let me tell you when I finally got in and realized, oh my God, I'm like in a possible bubble of coronavirus. I don't know. My adrenaline was overflowing and my, my heart was just racing. So I was, I ran in, got bear out, looked like a minion. She, I think she knew who I was. Um, maybe because of my voice and my smell, but I didn't look like me. It was pitch black, took her outside, hosed her off with a freezing cold hose, apologizing the entire time, almost in tears. And I just wanted to get her done. And I wanted to get her in my home and like warm her up and just love her up because I, I, the whole thing was just so weird. Anyway, yes, I, I managed to lock myself out of his backyard (laughs) and I was like, oh no, 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 you know? And I just, I just figured it out. And I, I scaled a 10 foot wall and, and wove myself through the tree that was above the wall. And I didn't, I didn't care. I was like, bear, I'm going to come back. And I, I jumped down 10 feet and I was like, if I break my ankle or something, you know what, AJ, you're not going to, because that's not an option right now. And sure enough, I, you know, I did it and I, I got her back out and I, uh, and I stripped nude as nude can be. Um, actually it was really funny because Greg and I tried to go back and look at the camera from that day because I was like, Oh my gosh, this is great. We, he's got cameras all over his house. I'm like, you'll see me scaling the fence. You'll see me getting naked in the street. Well, it ended up that when we finally got home, it was like seven days past the time that the camera. Oh, oh, yeah. That would have been such good footage. It would have been great footage for the documentary, for whatever it was. There she is. Totally. I can totally see myself doing the same thing. Oh yeah. You just do. And everyone keeps saying, how did you do it? And it's like, you just do. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a, a wonder woman. I'm just, I'm a woman that, that had a purpose and that was it. Did you, how did having her in your home help you through this time? Animals are the most incredible source of love outside of our own children and, and our, and our, well, our parents, you know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's all different, but they have their silent, mm-hmm. unspoken, um, unwavering love for you. Mm-hmm. And their instinct and intuition is pretty incredible because when bear was home with me, I, I had to quarantine for two weeks because no one knew if I, I couldn't see my kids and we didn't know if I was contagious or had it. So I was quarantine, quarantining for two weeks. And, um, I walked her every day. She would lay on my bed all the time. I was crying many, many times and she did not leave my side, did not leave my side. Well, you saved her, you know, and you did, you saved her and what a beautiful, and she saved me. 
And she saved you. Absolutely. Yeah. She saved all of you. I mean, this is a a big part of the story is, is her in and of itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. So she did the same for Stephanie too. When Stephanie, Greg's sister came down to live with me, um, because the two of us really, it was, um, it was a, it was a beautiful dance, um, in such a tragic space. Right. Um, you know, the two, she came down and, and we had every ebb and flow. We had every up and down. And for some reason we got through it with such grace and partnership that, um, I can't imagine doing it without, you know, going through that without her. Wow. Yeah. And bear was right there. And bear was right there. Yeah. Yeah. So now you, he's in the hospital Yeah. and you are taking over this whole back end. You're letting people know what's going on. I didn't even know it was you that was doing that, which is very funny. And so so I was following, I was following along and I didn't realize it was you that was actually doing this back end, like letting everybody know what's happening. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I first had that phone call with Greg and I didn't even know who, you know, our mutual friend Lars had hooked me up with and then he explains who he is. And I went, Whoa, I was standing on the street corner, literally walking my dog when he told me, I was like, that's you. I followed your story. This is insane. And now I'm speaking with the woman who yeah. did all of the back end and let everybody know what was happening. Yep. yep. What was it like for you during that time that he was in the hospital in terms of three different, there's a few different aspects that I want to dive into. Yeah. You're still having to mother your children. Yeah. You're going through a very traumatic experience watching this man that you love. I'm not sure if he's going to make it or not, though. I do actually want to ask you if you knew, did you intuitively know that he was going to make it or were you unsure? I think it, it varied day to day, but I wouldn't when, again, I'm such a believer in mindset. Um, I, when I would go to a dark place, you just just stay there. You didn't stay there. Completely, completely redirect myself. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't think I ever got to that place, that place, right. Close, but I turned it around. I was like, Nope, he's not done. We've got more where there's so much more we have to do and that he has to do. And so I want to touch on that then too, but then also the area of how did this change you as a woman, as a partner, as his lover, as his best friend? I mean, there's so many parts and I can only imagine, I mean, it, it chokes me up thinking about if. I was on that side and what that would, I mean, truly like my heart right now is just what that would do. So what was this like for you? Um, you know, it's interesting because I, um, I, I thrive and I live to grow. Yeah. I thrive and I, and I live to learn more about myself, what I'm capable of doing. I will never live in a box of who I think I am and what I am. And this is how I work. I just want to live in a place of knowing, oh my God, I didn't realize I could do that. Or, you know, just kind of offer this soul that's here today and only one time, every ounce of opportunity. So um, in the hardest and darkest of places in our lives, we grow the most because we tap into places we don't have to tap into until something like that happens. Right. Yeah. So, um, I, um, yes, I was a mom at the same time. Thankfully they have a very, uh, involved dad. So he, he leveraged me a good amount at the time. 
And my girls are old enough to understand what I had to do and where I had to be. Um, I also worked full-time at the time too. I still was doing my, my job. Now, obviously COVID switched the whole world of that so that so many of us were working from home. And I'd say if there was any time for Greg to get sick and for our life to be turned upside down, it was during COVID because everyone's life was turned upside down. Um, so I was working at the same time. Um, I just, uh, I realized through this whole experience that I was not looking for my person. I really was in no hurry to find him. But when I was faced with losing him and the amount of conversations I had with the universe to convince the universe that we were not done and that Mm -hmm. I would not be the same person if I lost him because there would be a hole of, of just missed opportunity and experiences with him. I then realized that he was so, so worth fighting for. And, and I, it just, it, it, it really, it forced me to realize how in love with him, he, with him as a person I was. Yeah. Wow. 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 Yeah. That's, and that's what I was picking up from him too. Yeah. That's where this whole experience also goes into the space of love and depth that I feel from the both of you individually, but then also collectively, Yeah, which is the coolest, coolest thing. Thank you. It is. It's something that I, um, I don't think either of us expected and, um, and it could have happened over time. It was just more like it sort of light speed. Yeah. Light speed <laughs> and showed up. Yes. Right. And, yes. and when you have somebody like the universe slapping you in the face saying, Hey, you know, there might be a couple things you need to look at here. You should probably look at it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we did. Yeah. So what, how did you tell me about when he was in the hospital? Tell me about the things that you did, had to learn on the back end of this. Um, I can't even imagine. I mean, education wise, like I would be, and then you're working and you're doing, oh my gosh, but education wise, even having to understand all the back end of, of medical stuff and what he's having to go through and then the possibility and then having to, he did lose his Uh, fingers and um, toes and like having to support through that. What was that like? It was a day by day learning experience on all fronts. Um, When Stephanie had come down and we had a family meeting is pretty much what we had, what we were told it was when we went into the hospital. Um, We were called in to have a conversation with all of the doctors so that's when Stephanie came down. I think it was the 10th or the 11th of March. Uh, he was intubated at this point and on the ventilator and on very high settings and, and in a very bad place. Um, I was completely overwhelmed by all the information, but Stephanie and I would be on these conference calls. So the, the two of us would sort of bounce things off of each other. Um, her husband, Mike, is a genius, absolute genius, along with his family. So everything that we didn't understand on the medical side, he would kind of verse us on. So we would start to understand what was actually happening. He also had the filter of sharing certain things and not sharing other things, Mm. um, which I think really helped us too. Um, So we all went down to this family meeting and sat in a room with doctors and nurses and, and a doctor or two on the telephone And they told us how close he was to possibly not making it. Um, They were saying that he was only days away from having to go on ECMO, which is an iron lung, 
And the problem is, is that they wanted to helicopter him to Cedars where they have a better ECMO program. Uh, however, if they moved him an inch, his blood pressure and his heart rate would drop. Right. So they, he was too critical to do that. So then it was, you know, can we even get him on ECMO? And, and, you know, so it was a really come to Jesus conversation with the doctors. We didn't realize it until we're sitting in there and it was like, oh, you know, oh, this is okay. Um, they allowed us to see him one last time. We were not supposed to go into the hospital, um, you know, the ICU, but they allowed us because of who he was and sort of the relationship that we had created with them. And Stephanie and I sat outside of his room looking at him. He looked so peaceful, uh, hooked up to thousands of tubes and machines. And we yelled through, there was a little crack in the door and the two of us yelled on the top of our lungs, hysterically crying, telling him, you know, yelling at him, just saying, you're, wake up. It's us. You, you got to hear us get up. You know, this isn't okay. And, and you're a fighter. And if anyone's going to get through this, it's you. And we're yelling and yelling. We, people must've thought we were crazy. Cause at that time there were people coming in with COVID very, very slowly. They were trickling in. I'm sure they didn't think we were crazy, but it was, it was such a dire situation. And we had been asked to leave after we were there. And uh, Stephanie just looked at me and she said, he's not done. He's not done. And she got so pissed. She's like, he is not effing done. And the two of us just looked at each other. And that was our mantra for the rest of the 31 days. Wow. Um, every time we'd go to that dark place, we would just look at each other and shake our head and go, nope, he's not done. So that whole thing aside, every day we learned so much about ICU lingo and the process and ventilator settings and medicines and infection, all of it. We just sat there like sponges because it would change every three hours. As you know, Sarah, you were getting the, the texts. We would get great news in the morning and we'd start our day out and be like, woohoo, we turn on music and we dance and sing in my house, the two of us. You've no idea. We had the best of times too. I mean, we would laugh so hard at so many things. And then we'd both look at each other and go, oh, we have to make our 12 o'clock call. And it was like, well, are you going to do it or am I going to do it? Like, who's going to talk? Because we just, it, your anxiety always just kind of started because we just never knew. And sure enough, we would get awful news three hours later that would just, you know, bring both of us to tears. And inevitably, one of us would look at the other and go, get up, let's go. Come on, let's go for a walk. I, we just wouldn't let each other down. I usually cried on the, I usually cried on the, on the bad news. And Stephanie always cried on the happy news. And I would always look at her and I'd be jumping up and down. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is amazing. Why are you crying? <laughs> you know? And I, it was like, we were yin and yang. And, and that's why I call it a dance. Cause it was just the most beautiful, you know, two warrior girls taking on whatever this unknown nightmare was. Did you have a relationship with her like this before? No, we, we, I had only been with Greg at the time for about a year. Okay. Uh, I think, oh no, a year, maybe, uh, I'm sorry, a year and a half, a year and a half. Um, she lives in Northern California. So um, the only time I would see her is if she would come down here or if she would ski with us in Mammoth. We totally liked each other. We were started out on a great But now you're, now you're like true sisters. We're sisters. This Every is- morning I get a text. It says, hello, good morning, sunshine. And I always answer back, morning, sissy. Because we would wake up at my house and, ah, oh, 
I'm crying now. And it was raining. It was, it would be raining outside. The weather followed Greg's um, health really, but it would be raining outside and she would come into my room and she'd say, good morning, sunshine. And I just said, good morning, sissy. And I give her the biggest hug and we'd start our day off with the intention of like, who cares what this weather is? It has nothing to do with what's going on inside of that hospital. Wow. Yeah. It was, uh, she's totally my sister. I mean, she's an angel. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. I mean, I, I, <laughs> this is, so my girlfriends and I always sat, we would sit on um, a bed and eat cake together. And I think that the, no, I'm going to start crying. One of the most important <laughs> relationships that we can have are with, um, people like that, right. That like, give us so much hope that love us eternally, that can see us for who we are, that can walk into your room and say that to you, or can sit on a bed, like my two besties and myself and cry and laugh and (laughs) eat cake. That's all we do. We literally do eat cake. Right. (laughs) We we call it whenever we're together, we're like, can we go eat cake in bed together? And it's just such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's a synergy. It is. It is a synergy. It yeah. is a synergy. And I, 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 it's interesting when I was interviewing Greg and he was talking about, I didn't, if I didn't believe in universe and energy before I do now. Mm-hmm. And I just want to tap into that and follow up with your synergy and your energy that you two were starting your day off with every day. I know was also rippling into his hospital room, regardless of where you were, mm-hmm. because you're so connected mm-hmm. in every way. Yep. Yep. And if it wasn't Greg and I being so connected or Stephanie and Greg being so connected or Stephanie and I being so connected, it was our huge village was yeah. just as tight and connected. And it's kind of cool to think about because that was the one thing I knew I really liked about him. And I feel like that is what got us here. Talk about full circle. Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. (laughs) You know, Sarah, the other thing I learned during this, and I I think it's such valuable advice. I, I, a girlfriend of mine taught me this when it was in the deepest of darkest times. And I, and I offer it to people because I think it's a really important thing to remember is that when life is handing you things that are really bad and you stop and you ask the universe, why, why me? Why? What she taught me to do was to actually look at the universe and don't say, why me, but say, show me, show mm-hmm. me what you can do mm-hmm. because it is such a powerful thing. If you believe in it, I do. Hey, no, okay. Not everyone does. And I get that. Right. But, and that's exactly what we did. If it don't look at the universe as being a victim to it, actually look at the universe as like a power to say, okay, let's go show me, you know, let's go. right. Don't, don't be weakened by it because then you're susceptible, you know, stand up and be strong and actually face it and be like, let's go. Not in a way of like you were, but like, okay, you are powerful. Let's, let's use this and go forward. Yeah. So I didn't, and Greg and I mentioned, we talked a little bit about that too. What's fascinating that I did not follow up with was I wrote in my book, I remember when I was 17 and when I went through everything. And then even when I was in my forties and was going through everything and I, I remember I I would have times where I'd go like, why me? 
It's when I was younger more yeah. than today, yeah. right? When I was 17 and I'm sitting there like, why me? Yeah. And I remember having this God-given moment where what I heard was, why not? Yeah. And yeah. for me, it was, okay, I get it. I hear you. I hear you. You're, yeah. you're handing me this because you believe in something within me that can then spread out into others. So if that's the case, it. right, exactly. Cause I can uh-huh. handle it. So if yep. that's the case, then let's go. Yeah. Let's figure right. this out. And so I've always, that was something that I, that I learned at a very young age. Uh-huh. And I have taken that into who I am today as a woman. I will yeah. say there are days where I sit there and I go, jeepers, like <laughs> enough already. <laughs> I don't have it anymore. I'm kind of like, okay, I think I'm pretty well done with everything. I'm sure I will be handed other things as well at some point. No doubt we all are. Um, we can do a whole yeah. segment on that too. Yeah, and, oh, we can totally do a whole segment on that. <laughs> and I also know that because I handled that in that way at a young age, I've set myself up for anything else that has, that has come and will continue to come in my life. Yeah. And you clearly have done the same. Yeah. I really do feel like I am sitting with my soul. I will eat cake in bed with you. Like (laughs) (laughs) it's a date. (laughs) I promise after this, we're down for sure. (laughs) Cause it's like, you know, I think you, I think you also build a threshold, your, your threshold, just a tolerance to that, those challenges. Because what challenged me yeah. five years ago, six years ago, when I got my divorce after a 24-year relationship, um, my threshold is so much higher nowadays. The things that would stress me out then, that's why I feel like you grow, you, you learn, you, you come forward in a better space because I don't know that I would have been able to deal with what was going on with Greg as well and as gracefully had I not experienced all those other things. I don't know. That's just sort of how I see it. I ended up losing my dad last October. You know, literally Greg gets out of the hospital in May and my dad passes away in October. Oh, I'm so sorry. And well, thank you. I, you know, he was an incredible man, but it, I could have looked at last year as the worst year ever as God knows what. And I still wake up feeling lucky. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm lucky because I learned. Maybe I'm lucky because I'm on the other side of it. Maybe I'm lucky because of all the number of years I had with my dad, who was awesome. Maybe I'm lucky because Greg came out of the, the, uh, the, the, you know, this whole thing healthy. I'm lucky because my, I could sit here and name it a hundred thousand things why I'm lucky. Right. Right. I'm also going to just put in there that you're, you are, (laughs) you are a very blessed woman in the fact that you understand what your heart is and you connect with that. And so when we connect with our heart and yes, you are a ma- mindset woman as well. I can feel mm-hmm. that when you mm-hmm. connect with your heart, you don't go to those dark places. And if, or when you do, you flip it and go into the gratitude, yeah. the joy, the happiness, yeah. the times that you did have, what you are getting out of this, with, which is a hell of a deeper love with somebody yeah. than what you had prior to going in. Yeah, this, Absolutely understanding and seeing your dad and, 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 and being able to celebrate the life that you did have, which by the way, he clearly made you into, I would assume sounds like you had such a great relationship into also a part of you becoming the woman that you are today. There is so much celebration in that. Yeah, I I agree. I thank you. And I, I, I do, I agree. And I think there's just a lot of life experiences that get you to a certain place. Wow. So he comes out of the hospital. Yeah. We're going to kind of um, go forward a little bit as well. 
And so you find out, okay, he's, he's, he's now tested negative and he's survived and he's coming out of the space. Mm -hmm. You do know about his hands and his toes. And you also watch him go through this this psychosis, right? So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that, what that was like. I mean, talk about ups and downs. I mean, it's just like, woof. Yeah. I'll, I'll go over his hands first and just address that. You know, I, I, we had known about that pretty early on and you receiving the text that we were sending, you guys never saw anything about that because um, it, that wasn't what it was about. Mm-hmm. It was about his survival. So the last thing we wanted to do and introduce any of those things was the fact that his hands and feet were suffering because we didn't need a thousand questions about something that we couldn't do anything about. Right. So, um, but we knew, so we ended up, um, getting about seven of his friends on a call, uh, his nearest and dearest, the people that he will lean on, the people that he, depending on how this was going to affect him, could probably be his lifeline to knowing that it's worth moving forward and not letting it completely destroy his, you know, his being. Um, we had a call and let them all know. They were all in tears. Actually, one of his friends, Brett, said, I, I, I wish it would have happened to me instead uh-huh. of him because he felt like he would deal with it better than Greg because Greg is vain. And, um, and he just didn't know, none of us knew how he was going to deal with it. Like now you just, you almost died. You were on a ventilator for 31 days. Now you're healthy. Thank God. Oh, and by the way, now you have to deal with this for the rest of your life. Like who knows how that would, that's a whole other chapter to this. Right. So we were all really nervous. And I have to say that to even spend too much time talking about it is silly because Greg literally looked at his hands. The first thing he said to me was, I need a manicure and a pedicure. And he was in his psychosis at the time. Dead serious. So funny. You're like, um, I haven't had one either. <laughs> yeah. First of all, me first. First. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, no one's getting manis and pedis. And third of all, most importantly, no one's touching those things because they're not getting any better. Uh, <laughs> So, um, so anyway, uh, he just, I was walking into his hospital room the first time I was going to see his hands in person. And I kept saying to myself, hold his hand, you know, kiss his fingers. Don't be scared because I'm not going to make him feel like this is weird. You know, Mm -hmm. it's exactly what I did. And honestly, he never looked back. We never looked back. Yeah. He realized I'm alive. Okay. Whatever this is, I don't know what this is, but let's not worry about it right now. Right. And that's the attitude he has had the whole time. And it's been such a blessing because it's such a testament to how, yeah, that that's a life changing thing, but it's up to you how you're going to make it change your life. Exactly. Again, exactly. it goes Again. back to that whole thing. Exactly. Um, and he's just been incredible. So it kind of, I don't want to say it went away because we're living it today, every day, but it, it, it doesn't run us or him. It's just there. It's just, it's just okay, there. This is a part of us. And yeah. Okay. There yep. we go. So yeah. he walks out of the hospital mm-hmm. and how was that holding his, holding his arm? I mean, it was girl, the best day ever. Like, it was, it was, <laughs> we didn't know what to expect that day. We didn't know. I mean, it, I don't even have words. It was, it was the most out of body elated experience I've ever experienced other than having children. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a few times in your life you experience euphoria 
true euphoria. Um, I could say I've, I've experienced it three times specifically, and um, I would lump my girls into one. But um, one other time and this time where you just, the happiness, the, 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 that feeling of overflowing bigger than you, that's exactly what it was. And it was incredible on every front, whether it was seeing all the people that saved his life or even didn't even know him but worked there, um, all supporting him and, and crying to all of our friends outside, to his face and seeing him feel so empowered to his sister, who I would never have gotten through this if it weren't for her as well. It just, the whole thing unfolded into the most incredible day, moment. I and then for him to come home and see his mom and, and Bear, it just, it was like the bow on the, on the present, just kind of wrapped up and that was it. Clearly, do, do you believe in... Um... I'm sure this is a question that kind of, we're going to go a little bit to the other side here, but do you believe sure. in uh, um, life paths crossing for a reason and you two come oh, yeah. together for all of this? I do. Yeah, mm -hmm. I do too. I do too. I truly believe yeah. that um, subconsciously or in whatever way he picked you, you picked him and you two were perfect together to get through this together. Yeah. Like it's almost yeah. like you two needed each other and didn't yeah. even know it. <laughs> Exactly. Totally didn't even know it. And here you no. are. Yeah. The two most uh, unneedy people <laughs> ended type up realizing. Like, yeah. I, believe, I believe he called both of you type A. <laughs> yes, we are very type A. And that is a perfect, you know, it's so funny because it, it's so nice and so flattering. And so I don't even know the word when people compliment us on what we have and what we've been through and how, you know, beautiful our relationship is. But I also think it's very important to mention that we're not perfect. This is not an easy road that we're on. Right. We go through our bumps and our bruises and, you know, his, his journey and my own journey. And then ours are something that daily we have to kind of like just flow with. And it's not, it's not easy sometimes, you know, like he said, we're both type A. So he likes to do his thing. I like to do mine, but I have to be there to help him, but he doesn't like to ask me for his help. Mm -hmm. And there's times where I don't want to give him help because I don't, it's just, you know, I raise girls and I'm, I'm done. Thanks. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, like right. we ebb and flow and, and um, it's a beautiful love story, but it's very real. It's not, it's not, you know, rainbows and unicorns every single day. What gets you through it? What is the, what is the thing in, just speak to those. And, and I, um, I'm curious about this because Relationships are something that fascinate the hell out of me, obviously, having been yeah. in my own and in one now. Um, sure. What What do you find is, speak to the people, what do you find has been the most helpful within your relationship? I would probably say both of our roots and where we came from. So we know longevity, we know loyalty, we know um, just really being invested in somebody. Um, and I would just say that our the story that we had to go through really created a foundation that not many have. And so 
it's just something that we realize is so worth being here for each other. Yes. And also, this is so corny and cliche, but we laugh a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I was hoping you would put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we laugh a lot and we're silly, you know, I mean, we, but, but again, we're in a heavy time in our life right now too. So like there's the circumstances don't always allow you to laugh, but we definitely find the time to be totally annoying to each other or, you know, because we're, one of us is being more silly than the other or whatever, or just, we really, we really have a very similar sense of humor. Yeah. So we laugh a lot. Yes. Yes. I, I, I could not agree more on yeah. that yeah. because, you know, I always say, feel the feels, let the tears flow and mm. refill your cup with laughter and joy mm-hmm. and gratitude. Be very, so you know, and, and um, it's so interesting to me how many people uh, in my journey where they would say, oh, you're laughing to cover something up. Like what's under the laughter. Mm. And I'm like, there's not there. No, no, no. I just, oh, yeah freaking love to laugh, period. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. so much to laugh about. There's Agreed. so much to freaking laugh about. Even just like you mentioned, hey, I get my manicure and pedicure first here, buddy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, that's freaking right. funny. <laughs> yeah, it's we weird. make it a point. And, and actually, we'll call each other out too when it gets heavy. There's times where I look at him and I'm like, you're not funny anymore. What happened? <laughs> what, like I do, <laughs> right, sweetie? I do when he's on a really serious like thing and I'm, I just look at him and I'm like, can you bring that other one back? Because don't, you know, and it's true. Our situation is real. So you kind of have, it's heavy at times for you sure. You have to laugh too. You have to laugh. <laughs> and usually both of us break through and we're like, yeah, you're right. You know? <laughs> so. Well, and I think too, that, that this is the other thing that I always say is, you know, we have difficult life experiences and let's not forget that we also have an opportunity for joy every day. Like, totally. like I, we're only here for so long. Right. right. And we yep. don't know. And this is again, like we don't know. And so every day, in my opinion, needs to be filled with a hell of a lot of laughter because of it. Absolutely. And living and truly taking it on. It's like you said, I I can't remember how you worded it, Sarah, but you know, when, when life was really hard for you, you realized it was up to you to be happy, up to you to do like choice. Yeah. Y'all have choice. Totally. Happiness Mm -hmm. is a choice. Yeah. And you know, smiles are for free. So (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's like, we're all too blessed to, to, to not look at those things. Yes. thousand percent. Well, I have to tell you, I'm taking you up on cake in bed. I already, I already told Greg that we're going to go and do tequila and, uh, and, um, skiing. And so we'll just do all of it in one day. How does that sound? I love it. (laughs) Or spread it out because, you know, it it just gives us that much more things. Hold on, hold on. We can do it multiple times. Yes. (laughs) It's up to us. Right choice. We can do it every day. <laughs> Absolutely. We are, we are so down for that. Would love to, this is it's amazing. Been so lovely talking to you. And, and, uh, and I know just the, the, the brief part of your story. I haven't, I'd love to see you speak at some point as well. Um, but this has just been a delightful conversation. Yeah. I appreciate you being here. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with everybody? Oh, um, I would just probably, you know, we're, we're, we're almost at the end of this and, um, and it's, it's still going on, but just 
respect everybody's degree of, um, Thank you. of, of safety. Uh, I, I can't say I respect those who have no degree of safety, but um, everyone has their different comfort levels. And that's something that we all need to respect respect each other so that we're not endangering other people's families because this yes. thing has turned many people's lives upside down and um, and we've lost an, a majority of them that have been in the hospital that we even know of. And uh, it's just, you know, it's something to take seriously and we can all get back to living real normal real soon. Yes, thank you. Thank you yeah. for that. Where can people find you? Instagram, I guess. What's your Instagram? <laughs> Excuse me. What's your Instagram handle? It's me girls 21 M E G I R L S 21. Um, that's pretty much where you can find me. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And by my man's side, of course. By my man's side, of course. Yeah. Forever and always. Well, you uh-huh. guys, I, I love the both of you so much. It's just individually and collectively. It's such a beautiful oh, story of, um, of truth, inspiration, and hope. That's what I was talking to him about. So Love it. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Thank you for your bravery, your courage, your love, your support, your willingness to guide others as you were also taking care of and um, really getting the word out. Thank you are a true, so true angel in and, of, in and of itself, girlfriend. True Aww, angel. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Your it. Gift. So um, for all of you, again, as I also said on the back end of uh, the podcast with Greg, please, 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 please get the story out there. Share this on your social media. Make sure that you take a screenshot, share where you're listening, um, tag all of us. We will reshare in our stories because we are all ripples from one another. We provide so much education, so much truth, inspiration, help for one another. And we really, truly need to be there for one another. And so don't forget that. Um, Help us spread the word because no one person should have to do it alone. We can't, period. So thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And um, until next time. Thanks. Friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I am grateful to have you here, and I would love to invite you over to sarahsholtoncrans.com to grab my free seven steps to a joy-filled life. I share these seven steps from my own heart, soul, and experience. These steps transformed my own life from victim to survivor. Also, please, let's all be a ripple effect of change in today's world. I ask of you to please share this podcast with others that may need to be inspired or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review, go to my Instagram or Facebook page, and let me know what you think. I love hearing from each and one of you. I love sharing your thoughts, messages, and inspiring words. Because we are not alone in this world, friends. Let's keep the ripple moving. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great remainder of your day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.